What's going on, Card Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown. Another day, another scandal. Taylor Lynch, Lewis Metzinger with you guys. As always, sorry we were off last week. Lewis had to work. I had the stomach bug from hell, and it was awful. Uh, but we're back. We're here with you. And boy, Lewis, uh, what a show to come back for. Uh, just like I said at the top, another day, another NCAA, or not NCAA this time, but FBI investigation. FBI. So we ended up a little bit. We, we got we got a little bit tired of just <laughs> dealing with the NCAA. It was getting a little boring. Yeah, we were tired of the NCAA, so decided, you know what, let's mix it up with the big boys this time. Uh, the yeah. FBI came down hard on really all of college basketball. Obviously, we're focusing on the Louisville side of things, um, but really all of college basketball got a serious wake-up call this morning uh, from the FBI banging on their doors and for some quite literally banging on their doors uh, to arrest them. Uh, several arrests were made for actually uh, of college basketball coaches in this whole thing. It's actually two separate issues uh, as we learned from the press conference earlier. Uh, two separate issues going on. One is a coaches accepting bribes to funnel student athletes to various uh, managers and uh, other companies uh, to do business with upon graduation. The other issue is an issue involving, and this is where Louisville comes into play, is Adidas and coaches paying money to players to come to various institutions, one of those being Louisville. Um, obviously, and we should say that Louisville, n- neither Louisville nor Adidas nor any uh, Louisville coaches have been named in any of this uh investigating but it doesn't take very much to connect the dots and and find out exactly what's going on um so let me go here quickly and just kind of pull up some of uh what has been going on and we should let you guys know of course you're listening to the show on a thursday we are pre-recording this week um so we are reacting to this kind of stuff as it is happening right now um which i'm sure makes for great radio for you all um but here is some of what has been going on today um let me find it here Oh, I took pictures of this. I took some screenshots. That's why I couldn't find it exactly. All right, here, here is kind of just the the breakdown, no pun intended, uh, of what's going on here. So, in a complaint in U.S. District Court uh, in New York, an FBI agent claims that four men, at the request of the university coach, agreed to provide. from an unnamed company to the player's family. Shortly after the agreement in late May and early June, the player publicly committed to the school, the complaint says. While his name is not directly mentioned, recruit Brian Bowen was widely viewed as a surprise commitment when he announced on June 3rd he was coming to UofL. The indictments indicate that the FBI video recorded 
a July 27th meeting in Las Vegas involving a coach from the school that appears to be UofL and the recruit of another high school player who is expected to graduate in 2019. During that meeting, records show one of the defendants noted that the university had already was already on NCAA probation and would have to be particularly careful about how the money was passed to the high school or to the high school player and his family. The coach agreed saying we got to be low key according to the indictments. Uh, Here is actually from the release itself that was from a wdrb article this is from the actual release itself um it says as set forth in more detail herein beginning in approximately may 2017 and continuing into at least september 2017 james gatto who is the uh, i think international marketing director for basketball for adidas um Merle Code, Christian Dawkins, and Munish Sud, the defendants, and others, known and unknown, conspired to illicitly funnel approximately $100,000 from Company 1 to the family of Player 10 at an All-American High School, an All-American high school basketball pr- player to assist one or more coaches at University 6, uh, aka Louisville, uh, in securing Player 10's commitment to play at University 6, a school sponsored by Company 1, and to further ensure that Player 10 ultimately retained the services of Dawkins and Soot and signed with Company 1 upon entering the NBA. The bribe money was structured in a manner so as to conceal it from the NCAA and the officials at University 6 by, among other things, having Company 1 wire money to third-party consultants and then to facilitate cash payments to Player 10's family. That is why the FBI is involved, because when you start wiring money illegally, that's when the FBI steps in and has to do something about it. So, Lewis, let's just start out with when this whole thing broke. Your thoughts, your initial reaction, and how you're feeling now as we're learning more about what's been coming in. Um, well, I was in class, so I was sitting there. I got out my phone, um, which we're not supposed to have out in class, but I opened Twitter, and I just saw like one tweet, and it was like, the Twitter is exploding or something like that. And then I just started scrolling like as fast as I could, just trying to like refresh, refresh, refresh. And then finally I saw like Jeff Greer's um, official tweet or whatever. And I just like when the scandal stuff happened with the hookers and everything two years ago, um, you know, I had this pit in my stomach for, I don't know, weeks and months afterwards. I just, for some reason, I think when you're as closely involved with a university and an athletic program as, um, even as fans, as, as fans like us are, um, you almost feel a personal responsibility when things go wrong and a, a responsibility when things go right, even though you really don't, um, have any, influence on that in one way or another um so when the whole scan hooker gate scandal stuff went down i was i felt the weight of that um pretty heavily for a while and it you know messed with me but when i saw this i was like 
like you and I were saying before, I honestly just, I was like, this is just hilarious. Like, this is so, it's almost predictable at this point. Like, you know, I don't, I don't even, I don't have any feeling. Like, I don't, I'm not even mad. I'm just like, this is embarrassing. Like, I just, honestly, I'm like, burn the place to the ground. Like, burn the entire (laughs) basketball program to the ground and let's start fresh. And I've just, people have been having a ball with it on Twitter. And I'm loving it. I'm soaking it all up. They're saying, you know, uh, I saw a couple tweets like, I I can't wait to see the bidding war between like Russell athletic and converse to see who's going to outfit the 15 walk-ons on the basketball team. Um, like it's just like people just been having a field day with it. And I love it. Um, cause it really is like, I do not see a way that the current staff makes it through this at all. No. I, I don't think that's a possibility. I think, um, you know, uh, rest in peace to Brian Bowen ever dribbling a basketball will never on happen. a Louisville court. Will never, never happen. Will never happen. Um, I say, like I texted you earlier, honestly, I we I don't think we keep Ramey or Simons. Um, I, no shot we get Romeo Langford. Um, I, I, you know, for all we know, we might not even have a basketball program for true. several years. It, it's a possibility. I mean, we're we're in the middle of our appeal process for our hooker scandal. <laughs> we're on probation, and we decide to uh, mix it up with the FBI. How? Stupid do you have to be as an assistant coach to do something like this at a university like Louisville that you already know is going through everything that they're going through? I mean, it's, it's, excuse me, it's absolutely ridiculous to even fathom, like how, I, I just, I don't I don't get it and we can we can look through you know tweets and we can look through some other things and kind of connect dots and figure out you know who could have been at that meeting at a Las Vegas hotel room um, on the 26th or Seven. 7th or yeah we know that uh, Jordan Fair was in Vegas uh and then went to another um, big basketball uh, tournament to watch some kids play. So, I mean, if we're connecting dots, and we're not accusing anybody, but if, but if we're just putting two and two together, you can assume that one of the assistants that was there was, was probably Jordan Fair. Um, and if that's the case, then why, if you're, if you're him, you're the new kid on the block, you just became an assistant coach in March, and now this is – I was listening to to Andy Sweeney and, and Jason Anderson and Mark Ennis uh, on my way in today, and <laughs> Andy Sweeney said, well, he hit the ground running. <laughs> and, I mean, he's got a point. And it, he's just picking up where Andre McGee left I, off, I guess. I guess that's what it is. But, I mean, I just – I don't understand when you're – when you – when your institution is being investigated already and you're appealing something bad, awful, disgusting that's already happened, why just continue and get into something else? Because now not only are you going to deal with the FBI and those ramifications and jail time potentially and all this other stuff that's now going to happen, 
you're probably going to have more NCAA issues now because you're going to have most likely another impermissible benefits case pop up. So it's like it just it blows my mind that and what really gets me is for Adidas to just throw their hat in the ring too. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> I was on my way to, I was going to go after class. I, I you know, I parked or whatever and I was went to class and I was thinking to myself, man, I, I just saw that the red white scrimmages dates were announced. I'm going to go after class and get my my tickets to the game. And then <laughs> after this, I was just sitting there. I was like, yeah, I'm going to pass on that. Actually, yeah, yeah I'm going to not do that actually at all. I, that may be the only time you see Brian Bowen, though. I, mean, <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt that. I doubt he I, I doubt he's even on the website anymore. Like, I don't. It's just I what I the problem is I have no clue what's going to happen as far as like this year. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like we don't know anything that's going to happen. We don't know if there's even going to be a season this this year. Like can they do that? Can they just take that? I don't know what the rules are. Can they just say like no, there's there's no basketball. Like what's going to happen like what's going to happen right now? That's what everyone wants to know, I think. Because like Louisville can't be reached for any kind of comment. Jurich is out of town. Patino couldn't be reached. Kenny Klein didn't even know about it. Right. The freaking NCAA didn't know about it Which, until today. I think if I'm the FBI, that's the best thing they could possibly do. Because you know it's if the NCAA knew about this, they would find some oh, way to screw. screw yeah. Yes, they would have screwed this up royally. So that was a planned, tactful move by the FBI to not alert the NCAA until basically they had most of their work already done. Um, because, yeah, you, the NCAA, somebody would have called somebody, and it, <laughs> it would have been a three-ring circus. So kudos to the FBI. And that just, I think, speaks to how much other organizations think about the NCAA, that they have something that directly involves their member institutions, and they choose to not tell them about it, basically, until the rest of us figure it out as well. It just speaks to the mismanagement of the NCAA to begin with. But I... I think that that your concerns about this season are, are warranted, and I don't know what the answer is, and I don't know if any of us know what the answer is right now as far as what happens to this season. Um, I do know that the things that we're going to be paying attention to now are what happens to Rick Pitino. What happens to Tom Jurich? What happens if, if we do find out that these two assistant coaches were involved and 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 I mean, do they go to jail? Do they lose their jobs? Do they lose their jobs and go to jail? I mean, I just, I don't even, I don't even know where, where we would go um, from here. I don't know. Maybe if it's just the, if it's just the, the coaches that are penalized and they have to go but we still play basketball this year. What do you do for a basketball coach? I mean, if if the if the worst case scenario happens and Patino's gone and two assistants are gone, 
who coaches this team this year if they do play this year? And then, especially if since I think based on the documentation that there were two coaches involved, you would only guess that the other coach involved, who was the coach involved in Brian's abrupt recruitment process was Kenny Johnson, yes. who was supposed to coach the first five ACC games that Patino's going to miss. So if Patino's gone and Kenny Johnson's gone, then if we have a season, how does that process? Is the, yeah. is the coach that replaces Patino also suspended for five ACC games? And then who's coaching <laughs> that team? Like this it's, is a cluster of all clusters. Yes, yes, it is. It's, and again, and I know we're kind of chuckling as we're talking about this, but guys, the only reason we're doing that is because it's either laugh or it's just cry because this is ridiculous, and it is like, I have never in my time as a Louisville fan been on pins and needles like we have been these last couple of years where you're just waiting for something else bad to happen. And that's how it's felt. That's how it has been is you're just waiting for something else bad to happen. So just like Lewis said earlier, when this broke and this came out and Louisville looks like they're probably involved, it was one of those, well, okay. I mean, it's almost a, it's a shame that we are so calloused about it that it's like, well, it didn't really affect us. And, and I, here's the thing. I don't think that people are as shocked about, I mean, I think that, yes, there, there's some shock that, you know, Louisville's involved in, in all of this stuff, but, and maybe the dollar amount, but. I don't know if it's shocking that this happens in college basketball because I think oh, that this is something that all of us kind of assumed for years probably happens in college basketball. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about it at all. This is like that we've all known that the, that the power that these uh, handlers in AAU and these shoe companies have over the recruitment process, we've we've witnessed it firsthand. Um, as Louisville fans, we've seen, um, you know, so many players that are Nike kids, that are Adidas kids, and they stick by those brands for seemingly no reason. But now it's pretty clear that there's uh, there's definitely been an obvious reason. And I think that this has kind of been hit on a little bit, but this is not like the end all be all. This is like this is like the head of the, the this is the tip of the iceberg this yeah. is this is just the first stuff to come out there's this is an ongoing investigation as the FBI director whoever guy was in charge today that was speaking he said that specifically and they opened up a tip line <laughs> a tip line i want to why don't they just why don't they just like just you know cut all the dams open like just like let it fly like it's gonna be a disaster like everybody's going to be telling on everyone else. like it's just gonna be a nightmare so all these the you know there's what been seven eight schools involved like buckle up you're next you know whoever's listening so i want to be the one that reads the tip line because i mean can you imagine all of the recruiting wars and stuff that 
have gone on between coaches. Like, I mean, look at Shashevsky and, and Williams and some of the recruiting battles they've gone on. Uh, look at, I mean, Cal and Rick and, and Cal and everybody. I mean, yeah. so, some of these coaches, though, that, that have been in these recruiting wars – and you know in the back of their minds, they're thinking, oh, God, I wonder what he's offering that kid that I can't get that kid. And now you have a tip line to tell on each other. Like, we are giving college basketball coaches basically an opportunity to step into confessional and not have yeah. to say who they are and totally dime out guys that have been beating them out for recruits for years and years. And now they can call the FBI and tell them about it. Like, I don't know if the FBI even fully understands the dam that they have just opened up to allow all of this to come flooding through. But no, then on it's, on the other hand, though, I wonder, will we see this actually happen the way we think it will? Or does the brotherhood of coaching come into play and everybody just kind of shuts their mouth and doesn't say anything else? There's no way because it's already happened. You know, they already have dirt on these certain people. So it's just going to be like, um, like when you're a little kid and, you know, you get in trouble and you immediately try and tell the person who is who's scolding you about the all the bad things that the person who got you in trouble has done. Like, it's just that's going to be the process. It's the, you know, I'm in trouble, so I want them in trouble, too. Right. Um, and it's 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 going to go back i mean there's going to be years and years and years of dirt that's going to be um you know dug up out of the grave um that's going to come back and and i really oh my i saw a tweet um earlier just about this specific thing and i just thought it was spot on and i'm gonna read it um because i think it's pretty applicable to this scenario or the situation it was brett mcmurphy that actually tweeted it um and he said, the NCAA announces next year's NCAA tournament field will be open to every team, regardless of record, not on probation, all 12 of them. <laughs> and I thought that is just spot on. I mean, this is going to bring every single major top-tier program in some capacity. There will be something that will bring them down. Because, like, I heard... Um, uh, it was Maben and Stephen Rummage talking about this earlier, like right when everything was happening on 93.9. They were talking about how, and Drew Diener was there too, um, about how LeBron James was spotted in Las Vegas um, oh, no. during the time when Duke got one of their recruits from last season. I forget that dude's name. Um but it seems it's seeming that every single one of these like shady type things goes down in a Las Vegas hotel room, which is the <laughs> least surprising thing that I could have ever heard. That's true. Um, but I mean, there's just going to every single university is going to have something. And I just, you know, UK fans can yuck it up. Go ahead. I'm just, you know, you'll be falling too. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, while we're reading tweets, I love this one. Take me back to the days where Steve Masiello lied about going to college. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. It's just oh, the good old the, days. The one from from Reddit college basketball or Reddit college football that said, "Oh wow, yeah, what a scandal in college basketball." Definitely no need to look into our sport with a guy that's dripping sweat. Yes, there. Yes, that was a good one too. And I, I liked 
how one of these, uh, some of the universities uh, that coaches were arrested, uh, Auburn, one of them, um, I believe Oklahoma State, uh, USC, and there was another one, um, and I cannot remember what it was, but the attorney general, or the attorney for the, for the, I don't remember what his exact title was, but when he was speaking at the press conference today, uh, mentioned that it was these, um, upper level, uh, college basketball programs, big time college basketball yeah. programs. And then I'm looking, it's Auburn and USC. Auburn. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. That I, I see what you're going there, going for the effect and, and dramatic effect, but it's Auburn and it's USC and it's Oklahoma State. Okay. Yeah, Chris, Chris Hatfield, he's absolutely hilarious. Good follow on Twitter. Um, he, yeah, he tweeted that exact thing. The real injustice here is the investigators referring to Auburn as a top-tier program. <laughs> <laughs> Andy oh, Sweeney just... made the connection, though, that um, – and I'm a big, I'm like an Andy Sweeney fan today. Um, Seems like you are. But he made I the. I blocked that guy on Twitter, but. He made the. I'm telling you, he's not as bad in real life. His his hot takes on the radio do not do it justice uh, in real life. But the, I don't even know what I was talking about now. See, I'm off my train of thought. Um, oh, he made the connection that. You have Bruce Pearl hired on at Auburn at the same time that this investigation begins, which is not a good look if you're Bruce Pearl, who already had his issues at Tennessee uh, with recruiting violations, and then he goes to Auburn, and then this investigation begins, and now Auburn's being named, and their assistant coaches. Yeesh. It's not a good look. Last, This is the last good tweet that I saw. Well, well there were a lot, but this is... Louisville interim basketball coach Todd Sharp. <laughs> oh man, he could still make the uh, he could still argue about who's going to get center, um, <laughs> just like he does in the show. Oh man, again we have to just laugh about it at some point um, because this stuff is just oh god. It's... The, the the best part about this though. If there is a best part, I mean, there's always a silver lining, I guess, but it, this should and I think will have a drastic impact in changing the face of college basketball going forward. I was getting for ready to better. ask you that. I was getting ready to ask you if this is a good thing or bad thing in retrospect for college basketball. I think, I mean, I think it's definitely a good thing. I mean, we've known all along, like we hit on at the beginning, that this type of stuff has been happening in college basketball. It's just never been, um, I don't want to say like proven, but it's, it's, you know, as the prosecutor, the FBI prosecutor guy said, like, this is the dark underbelly of college basketball that we've all known was there. Um, but it was, you know, it's the dark underbelly for a reason because people don't know about it and, and that they will like it that way. And the FBI was able to, you know, as they do on many occasions, they were able to infiltrate infiltrate even like the, you know, slimiest of the slime. And, and I think that, you know, even though, you know, the program that I love is, is involved in it in, to some capacity, I think that like going forward, I mean, this could be the biggest... And I think it is one of the 
biggest moments in the history of college basketball. And like we're living in it like right now, um, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. It is. And it'll be interesting to see where college basketball goes from here. It'll be interesting to see where the NCAA goes from a from their rules on recruiting and that sort of thing and how that changes because of all of this coming to light. Um, I think we're in for a very interesting next couple of months and next couple of years in college basketball um, and see where this goes. Do I think that this will ever end in college basketball? No, I don't at all. I think that there will be other measures taken to, and more extreme measures taken to cover this kind of stuff up. But, and do I think that it will slow to an extent and maybe for a period of time? Yeah, probably, um, because of the aftershock of all of this happening. But I, I don't think it's ever going to end. I mean, college basketball is too big of a business, and the stakes are too high for some of these coaches to give up recruiting practices like this because it is such a big business. Um, It just happens that a bunch of them got caught this time. Um, But we'll we'll see where all this goes. Apparently we're expecting a... um, some sort of a release or statement uh, from the University of Louisville. And as soon as we get that, um, we will let you guys know. And, of course, you can catch that on Twitter, uh, at the Breakdown UL. I didn't even shout that out. At the Breakdown UL on Twitter, uh, thebreakdownul.com. Follow Lewis at Lewis Metzinger. Follow myself at Taylor Lynch uh, as well for all of the updates on this whole situation as it continues to unfold. Again, this is a very fluid situation, um, lots of unknowns, lots of moving pieces, uh, and we will continue to study it, discuss it, uh, discuss it with you guys on Twitter as we continue on. Um, But I think for right now, Lee, we can probably just kind of put a bow on this maybe a little bit. And yeah, as we go through, by by the way, I'm going, I'm now going by university six student on Twitter. So (laughs) is that your new handle now on Twitter? It is. Yeah. At university six student. So that's where you can follow Lewis now. But I I do think we can kind of just, you know, put a bow on this a little bit for now. Uh, We've kind of talked about every angle of it uh, that we can. We spent the first half hour of the show devoted to this. Um, but, Lewis, we are still in college football season. Uh, luckily, I need to knock on wood somewhere that there's nothing to talk about regarding college football right now. Um, Louisville coming off of a win that we all expected um, against Kent State last week, uh, followed following the just debacle against Clemson the week before. Now we come into this week um, with another layup game against Murray State. So when you look at this part of the schedule, Lewis, with Kent State, Murray State, uh, two games that Louisville should win and so far have won, um, how much can we really learn about this team uh, in these these two games here? Well... um... You know, I, I think that there's a couple of things you look for when you go into these type of games is if you keep keeping everyone healthy or getting people healthy, um, you know, 
doing what you should do against these teams, which is completely shut them down on defense and be able to move the ball at will on offense. And you get a chance for younger guys to get some experience. So I think that if you go off of those three you know, main fields, I think you can check all those boxes. Um, obviously, we have a lot of guys that are still uh, hurt. You know, the Jalen Smith injury is apparently worse than mm-hmm. originally thought. He could be out for a couple games, which is really not good. Uh, you know, Louisville does have some depth there, wide receiver. Um, but I think other than that, I think you kept most guys healthy. I think you got to see a lot of the younger guys. I don't think you got to see them as early as you would have liked to see on uh, this past Saturday, so hopefully that'll change um, going forward because I think Murray State's um, worse than Kent State if that's uh, Kent State if that's possible. Um, and then, you know, I think they were able to completely shut down them on offense. I think they got, like, what, 150 yards total the whole game. It may have um, been 200, but, I mean, it was nothing compared to the, to the week before against Clemson. Yeah, Um and I think that Louisville, you know, I, I was a little disappointed. I, didn't, I don't feel like they scored as many as they could have. I thought the same um, thing. But, you know, I don't know if this is as high scoring of an offense as it was last year. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't know what exactly the factors are that play into that. Um, but I just don't think I will be, I'll be kind of surprised if we dropped 70 on anybody. And that was like the norm last year. I think we were averaging like 60 something points last year. So, um, I think for the most part last week and you checked all those boxes and I think this Saturday, I think you'll get to see a lot more of the young guys. Um, Colin Wilson looked really good. Um, Puma pass looked good. Um, you know, just want to see more of that. So hopefully we do we do get to see that uh, this coming Saturday. What would you, because I agree with you about the explosivity of this offense this season. What, I mean, can we just attribute that to, well, defenses have had the year to, you know, game plan for Lamar Jackson and, and understand the weapons that Louisville has at wide receiver. Um, do you think that that just kind of, has affected it or do you think that there is something else because I mean I think that everybody would agree that an offensive line Louisville is markedly better than they were a year ago um, so I don't know if you can necessarily blame it on that uh, I think at running back I mean Brandon Radcliffe played well and I love Brandon Radcliffe but he didn't necessarily provide a huge you know pop and spark for the offense Um so I, I don't know. Can you can you just attribute it to defenses, you know, having more time to understand and game plan for Lamar Jackson, or do you think it is just something with this team that's not clicking yet? Well, I think it has a lot to do with the level of competition that they've played up until this point. I mean, we can clearly see that Purdue is a far, far better team. Yes, um, they are. Know, they went toe-to-toe with Michigan, and I think outside of a couple bad breaks, I watched the most of that game, I think outside of losing two of their the best defensive players to targeting calls. Um, I think that Purdue probably would have, it would have been at least a lot closer with Michigan um, and they potentially could have won. Yeah. And I think Purdue's going to, I think Purdue's going to get, get to a bowl game and, and do really well this season. I think Jeff Brom's an excellent coach. So I think that's part of it. I think that um, I think Lamar is trying. Lamar's kind of like Russ Smith in a sense where, he takes whatever criticism that people make of him, and he goes out there to try and specifically prove that criticism wrong. You think he's pressing? So his entire, I, I do think a little bit. I, I think he's trying to stay in the pocket longer. Um, mm-hmm. 
and I think that's being negatively impacting some things. We obviously have seen he's a markedly improved um, passer. I think there's no doubt about that, but I, I think that his biggest asset is his legs. There's no doubt about that. And so when he uses both and utilizes both, which I think as we get further and further into the season, you'll see that uh, that balance kind of even out a little bit. And so I think some more points will be scored there. Um, and other than that, I mean, I think you're exactly right. I think our offensive line is incredibly uh, more... I don't even know if talented is the right word. I guess talented is the right word, but they're just... They're more cohesive, I feel like, this year yes. from outside of the Purdue game. So that's great to see. Other than that, I, th- I think our defense is um, our defense is not <laughs> it's not amazing, but, no. but I think that no, our, it's our, not. We really our offense hasn't been on the field that much. That so is that's true. That's part of the reason that, that is we true. haven't seen as many points. Yeah, because our our defense has not been able to get off the field. Uh, and that has been an issue. Now, I will say, and, and everybody can say, well, it was Kent State. But I do think our defense looked really, really good uh, on Saturday. I mean, I think they were more aggressive. And I don't care who you're playing. You can be aggressive and you can see physically the aggression that they played with. Uh, I think they wanted to come out and prove a point, uh, especially after the way they got embarrassed the week before. And I did like I liked to see that. I liked to see the aggressiveness, the ability to blitz and do these kinds of things that we have expected from Louisville defense and we haven't seen very much of. So I was I was happy about that. Um, I thought they did play well. Obviously they weren't really pressed at all and stressed at all in the pass game because Kent State, you know, ran the option and didn't pass at all hardly. I, I don't they didn't convert a first down passing the ball at all in the game. So uh, I we will learn more this week about the secondary playing a Murray State team that does kind of like to air it out and throw the ball around. So we'll learn some about that uh, more this week as we watch that game. Um so getting into this weekend, Lewis, when you watch uh, this Murray State-Louisville game, um, what are you going to be looking for uh, from the Cardinals? Is it just can we score more points? Can we be more efficient on offense? Because I think that that's something that has been missing this year is the efficiency um on offense, especially, you know, I mean, just doing the little things, wide receivers catching balls when they're thrown to their hands. Um, if it's in your fingertips, you should catch the ball. Uh, that's always been my thinking. So, I mean, those little things, the the fumbles and the turnovers have got to clean up for Louisville. It was an issue last year. It's been a bit of an issue this year. Um, they had, I think it was three or four last week, that you just you can't have that happen uh, and win football games. Now, obviously, against teams like Kent State and Murray State, you can get away with it. Uh, but next Thursday night in Raleigh, it's not going to be that way. So are you just looking for efficiency this weekend? Yeah, I think just crispness would be um, definitely nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, just getting the young guys a chance to play and getting the veterans a chance to rest. Um, I think that's what's really important because, like you said, that's going to be a blackout for NC State. Um, they just went down to Tallahassee, beat Florida State. So 
Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit because you brought it up. Um, the I think the landscape of the ACC has kind of changed a lot in these last four weeks. Uh, I think at the beginning of the season, we knew about Florida State. We knew how good they were. Uh, We thought we had an idea about Clemson. We were pretty sure about Louisville. Um, Everybody was kind of quietly optimistic about what NC State could do. Um, And then you had Miami on the other side, uh, and everybody was expecting big things from them. Now we're here at week four. Florida State is 0-2. Clemson came to Louisville and beat Louisville like a drum. Um, Louisville has still played pretty well uh, with, the, with the exception of that game. They're 3-1. and one. Um, Clemson is 4-0. and oh. Florida State, like I said, is 0-2. And, and NC State just went to Tallahassee and beat the Knowles in a game that really was not... Um, was not really in question at any point. Uh, Florida State tried to make it interesting there at the end, but it looked like NC State was going to go in there and win all day long, and they did that. Um, so how much, in your opinion, has... Because I think it's totally shifted, and things are all just kind of cattywampus now in the in the ACC, especially in the Atlantic Division. Um, what do you think now of the conference at this point? I think it's really interesting because we saw teams like Wake, well, Wake almost lost to, no, who am I thinking of? I was thinking of South Carolina. Um, Wake did almost lose, though, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But they are undefeated, um, even though they did almost lose. You've got Boston College taking it to Clemson for the majority of that game um, before um, Clemson pulling away at home. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got NC State beating Florida State. Florida State's now 0-2. They fell out of the polls for the first time in like Gosh. God, six years, yeah. maybe. Um, so this this conference is really completely up for grabs um, for anybody. Um, North Carolina is a train wreck. Um, I guess Virginia Tech is probably the second best team in the league. I don't yeah. know. Um, I think you Duke can make that argument. Having, Duke's having a great season, I think, um, for the most part. Miami, I guess Miami's Miami hasn't even played a game yet, have they? One maybe. They they played at two so far because they had the they had the week that they were supposed to play Florida State canceled because of Hurricane Irma. So they played two games. They played their opener, then they were off, and then they played Toledo last week and won that one. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, you've definitely, again, it's all up, really the the uh, Atlantic division, I think, is more so up for grabs. Um, you know, I guess it's just who can beat Clemson first, maybe. And that's, and that's the thing. I don't, when I look at this Clemson team, and yes, they struggled against Boston College, but you could say that that was a hangover from the, the fact that they had just gone and routed Louisville. Um, do you think that they're, I guess if, because here's the deal. Now that that it looks like Florida State has been knocked off their perch, um, I think that Louisville's got an opportunity now in front of them. Obviously, that Thursday night coming up in in Raleigh is going to be a very crucial game and maybe the best game left on Louisville's schedule um, as far as a playing a quality opponent that could possibly be ranked at the time. Um, 
with that being said, if Louisville was able to win that game and then win out, and they're eleven and one, they're arguably right back in this thing. Um, but do you think that there is a team, and, and this week would probably be the the best case or the best chance, I would say, with Virginia Tech hosting Clemson? Um, Clemson would have to lose twice in order for Louisville, if Louisville won out, to claim, and I know we're speculating and, and jumping ahead a lot, but it, Clemson would have to lose twice in order for Louisville, if they were to win out, to win the Atlantic Division. So I'm asking you, Lewis, is there a chance, you think, that this Clemson team, based on how we saw them play and how we've seen them play so far, that they lose two games? I think one is a stretch as it is, but to lose two games, um, I don't really see that happening. Yeah, I don't either at all. Um, I mean, I maybe if you would have asked me that on Saturday afternoon around three i might have said yeah yeah, i could see that happening but once they got it turned around um and kind of woke up i guess against boston college uh they didn't have any trouble so yeah i don't i can't see it happening maybe you know maybe they lose to virginia tech um coming up and then maybe they lose in the acc championship game but other than that i don't think and maybe to virginia tech again like i I don't see it happening other than that I, i definitely not to florida state no, who I, you would have thought would be the one, the potential team that could give them a loss outside of Louisville. I, I'm totally with you on that one. Um, some big games coming up this weekend in the conference. It starts on Friday night. Duke and Miami play a 4-0 Duke and 2-0 Miami. A big clash in the Coastal. That one's at seven o'clock on ESPN. Uh, Miami's right now a six and a half point favorite, uh, traveling to Duke. I, I believe they're going to Duke. Let me make sure. Yes, they're going to Duke uh, as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. That's going to be a big one. Uh, Lewis, any surprise right now? And I am a little shocked that North Carolina is sitting here at one and three at this point. Um, not, I mean, they did, they got rid of what? How much, What percent? 80% of their offense? It was a lot, 83? yeah. It was a lot. Yeah, I mean... It was a lot of their offense. I mean, they had a guy get drafted number two. Um, mm-hmm. it, not really. I mean, you got to rebuild. I mean, I don't really think Larry Fedora is that good of a coach. Um, Hot take. If I'm being blunt. Um, but that being said, they I think we got to see, I think Chaz Surratt. Mm-hmm. That was his name, right? Yeah, yeah. I think he looked pretty He looked pretty sharp um, before he went, went down and got hurt. And who's to say that that game wouldn't have looked different? Um, that game against Louisville had he not go down exactly and you know Brandon Harris come in who still Louisville's defense made him look like a future Ugh. first round pick um, but yeah I, I don't know they played some tough teams too I mean uh, Duke is Duke's no joke no year. they're not um, Louisville Louisville saw that last year they can control a game um, so not all that surprising I'm not sure who else they played um, who did they have week one uh, they had Cal Week was One. It LSU. They had oh, Cal, Cal. Yeah, they lost to Cal. Uh, they lost That's to Louisville. Surprising. They lost to Duke, and I think their one win came against. Um, I mean, FCS team. No, they beat uh, Old Dominion, fifty-three uh, twenty-three, in Week Two. 
So, yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I thought that they would have issues, but I didn't think they would have these kind of issues. So, Some other interesting games this week in the ACC. Syracuse travels to Raleigh to take on NC State. This is a Syracuse team, Lewis, that almost beat LSU at LSU over the weekend. And now they travel to Raleigh-Durham to take on NC State. That's going to be a fun one to watch um, and see what Dino Babers and his team can do uh, this season. See if they can just continue to shake things up in the Atlantic Division and pull out a road win over NC State. Maybe NC State feeling a little hangover after beating uh, Florida State. You never you never know. Um, you never know what could happen. It could get uh, it could get a little crazy in the ACC this week. So we'll see how that goes. Um, quickly, Lewis, because I know how much longer do I have you? Do you have to like jump off now or? What's your no, situation? No, I've got I've got a, a few more minutes. Yeah, okay, we're good. Okay, I wanted to get into this, and I didn't know if we would have time because of all the basketball stuff and all the basketball drama and everything. And I didn't know if we'd be able to touch on this, but we've got some time, so I want to go ahead and get to this now. Um, we're at week four. We've had some big games so far in college football, um, where we've kind of seen some teams and see how they stack up. So I wanted to play this game with you um fake or for real and we're going to talk about some of these teams in college football we've actually still got a lot of teams that are undefeated um actually the top nine teams well top 10 teams uh all of the top 10 are undefeated right now um but that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is a title contender there in that top 10 so i'm going to ask you a couple of these teams um and I'll weigh in too, but do we think that they are fake or do we think that they are for real? So let's get started with a team that pulled off a really impressive road win over the weekend, and that is TCU sitting here at 4-0 after the road win over Oklahoma State. Um, they went from being unranked to start the season to now number nine in the latest AP poll. So, Lewis, TCU, are they fake or are they for real uh, to contend and get into that Final Four? Well, based on what I saw, and I did watch some of that game against Oklahoma State, they looked looked pretty legit to me. Um, you know, again, it's been four weeks, but I'd say as of right now, I think they are for real. I think they're for real, too. And on the flip side, this Oklahoma State team, which, I mean, Mason Rudolph is no joke at quarterback for them. Um, you can just look at the Heisman odds and see that he's right there um, with Lamar Jackson and some other guys. Um, the Oklahoma State, despite the one loss, do you still think they're fake or do you think they're for real? Um. I mean, to get handled like that at home is a little disheartening, mm-hmm. but I, I still think Louisville's a good team, and they got absolutely handled at home. So I'd, I'd say they may not be as dominant as we thought, but I, I wouldn't say they're fake. I agree with you. This is one that I've really been... I've been flip-flopping on this one quite a bit, and it's USC. Right now, yes, they're 4-0, but I have not been blown away by anything that I've seen from USC at this point. Uh, so, Lewis, USC, fake or for real? I think USC's fake. I do, I too. Think Sam Darnold is, I guess, fine average, I'd say. But 
come on. Like, really? Seven to two Heisman odds? Yes. Come on. Yeah. Give me a break. I, I'm... I'm not a believer in USC. I think that they sleepwalk through most of the games, and then they have just these phenomenal fourth quarters, and then they win games. I think that that's going to come back and bite them at some point, and it may be this week um, when they play Washington. So I'm not a believer. I'm not buying USC. I I think USC is a fake. Um, And (laughs) this next team I have been riding since the preseason – and I kind of think I'm teeter-tottering on this one, and it's Penn State. Um, we saw that they had a very difficult test on the road at Iowa and were able to win that football game. So I get I think I think Penn State's for real. Um, I look at the Big Ten and I look at other teams like Ohio State and Michigan. And obviously, Ohio State has not impressed me. Michigan is is good, but they haven't really blown me away yet either. Um, I think Penn State's probably for real. Um, I think Saquon Barkley's for real. Okay. Um, dude is a, a monster. You've not um, been on this whole Penn State bandwagon with me that I've been riding since, like, July. No, I, I not. I just, I don't know. I, maybe it's just because it's Penn State. Like, I just don't think like when I think Penn State, I think like dominant volleyball program. I don't think like powerhouse <laughs> football program. Maybe that's just like maybe that just shows how. Can I save that I am. as a drop for like when we're in November of the college football season that you think of Penn State as a dominant volleyball program? They, I mean, they are dominant not a football program, program, but yeah, you can. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's the best thing that's happened on the show tonight is that when you think Penn State, the first thing you think of is not the national championships in football, but the dominance of their volleyball program, which you're right. They are dominant. Um, so I missed that. Was Were they fake or for real for you? I think the team is fake. I think that Saquon Barkley's for real. Okay. Um, we'll, we'll do a couple more of these because I'm, I'm hoping you have some more takes like that for some of these other teams that we talk about. Um, oh, here's a good one. And we're going to learn, um, a lot about them. I think as we progress and we get to the back part of their season, um, and that's Oklahoma, Oklahoma right now, it's third in the country. Um, they're four and oh, they had. I think scare is an understatement last week against Baylor. It was an all-out four-alarm emergency. Uh, And they had to scrap and fight to get back on top and eventually win that football game uh, after Baylor came back and scored 21 unanswered to take the lead. Um, So Oklahoma, of course, they did have the big road win at Ohio State. Um, Baker Mayfield planted the flag. I mean, it was great. so Oklahoma, fake or for real in not only the Big 12, but also in the national championship picture this year? Uh, <laughs> this is a Baylor team that lost to Liberty. Um, <laughs> and Baker Mayfield couldn't keep his big mouth shut. Yep. Um, and almost took a hot L. Um, so I'm going to go with 
I'm going to go with fake. I, I think Baker Mayfield is legit. Um, I, I think he's really talented. I texted you about him a couple weeks ago. I, I enjoy watching him play, even though he runs his mouth. I mean, I, I don't mind when players run their mouth. I think it's good for the sport. But I think overall, I, I think Baylor, or I think um, Oklahoma is is... I think they're kind of a pretender. I don't. I don't know if I'd call them fake because they definitely have talented pieces. But we'll see. We'll see. Week four, we'll see. Yes. I'll go with fake for now. Like I said, we'll learn more about them because the Big Twelve seems to backload their schedule. So I think we have like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, uh, and then the very next weekend, I think it's Oklahoma TCU or something like that. So I mean, like we'll we'll know in November. Uh, or late October and into November, we'll know for certain about these teams. We'll know for certain, obviously, about a lot of these teams, but I think Oklahoma is one of them that we're really going to have to just kind of wait and see on them. So I think I think they're probably fake. I think the Big 12 is probably fake as a conference um, because I think TCU can be for real, but I think they're those three teams, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, TCU, are just going to beat up on each other um, and then yeah. nobody's going to be able to gonna have a good enough record to get into uh, the college football playoff. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I think that maybe all of them are – I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to wait and see on Oklahoma. So, if, uh, if I'm hearing you right, then you're going with – if Baker Mayfield and Saquon Barkley were on the same team – then would you say that team was for real, or or would it not work that way? Oh yeah, <clears throat> and no, I think so. Because I mean, it's like saying if you had Lamar Jackson and you know Saquon Barkley on a team, would that team be? Oh, could right? you imagine? All of our running back issues would be solved. You know what though? I'll say this. I know we're kind of off talking about Louisville football, but between what I've seen out of Malik Williams and Colin Wilson. I think without a doubt, Reggie Bonifon is the third best running back on this team. Not even a question. Oh, yeah. Um, and I really think we're – I think Day Williams is going to start practicing again. Like, we're we're fine running back-wise. I don't think we'll have any problems going forward with the, that combination of guys. I think Just you're right. Just putting it out there. No, I, I think you're totally right. I, I think you're totally, absolutely, 100% completely right. About that. No, it's not Saquon Barkley at all, but no. you know what I mean. Like No, but I think you'll have a nice combination of running backs um, that you'll be able to kind of cycle in uh, and keep everybody fresh and still have a really solid running attack. So, yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I, I think that the, the running issues, uh, running back issues will be solved um, here in the next couple of weeks. So, But that we can kind of... We can kind of move away from that now. Uh, one more we'll get in, and, th- and then we'll move away from that um, because I want to ask you about something, and I know you're going to have a great take on. Um, the last team, Georgia, 4-0 in the East Division of the uh, SEC. Um, or not in the East Division, but 4-0, and they're in the East Division of the SEC. Is the way I should have said that. Um, are they fake or are they for real or does it not matter because they're going to have to play Alabama and lose in the SEC championship game yeah I I think the east is always a toss-up I think it's either been you know it's basically like it's always been there for the taking for Kentucky but they just have never stepped up and grabbed it don't go Um, there yet because we're gonna we're we're getting to that we're getting don't beat me to it don't beat me to it because we're getting to that 
I'll try not to steal the thunder. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I think Georgia's. I really haven't. I've watched all these other teams play that we've talked about. Um, I haven't really watched Georgia play at all, so I don't know if I can fair, accurately make a prediction. But I'm going to say, like you said, it doesn't really matter because they're going to lose to Alabama and you know then losing the SEC championship game. I mean, they'll go probably go to a good bowl game. So, yeah. Good for them, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and I think that that is good for Kirby Smart in his second year now as as the head guy at uh, at Georgia to be able to take that team to a really good bowl game um, would be would be very good for them. But yeah, I don't think ultimately it's going to matter one bit because they're going to get to the SEC championship game. They're going to play Alabama, and then they're going to get steamrolled by Alabama just like Vanderbilt did when Vanderbilt decided this week that it would be a great idea to run their mouths and talk about how they want Alabama and they they think it would be a great idea uh, to, to run their mouths and talk about Alabama and, and talk about how they're, they're ready for Bama and they're wanting to take on Alabama and all this other stuff. And then Alabama comes into their house and absolutely drops the hammer on Vanderbilt and totally crushes any hopes that Vandy had of winning that game from the very beginning. They absolutely just, I mean, it was, it was something to see just the dominance of Alabama in that game to just say, we're not even going to do anything crazy. We're just going to line up and run the ball because we know we can just beat you that way. So I'm not saying that that's going to happen to Georgia, but man, that would, uh, that's, that's something it's going to happen to Georgia, but it'll probably happen to Georgia. Yeah. Kind of, kind of. That's, that's where I'm going with that one. Yeah. I'm with you on that. So, all right. And I know you're, you're dying to get to this one. So let's go ahead and talk about what happened on Saturday night in Lexington. Um, we all thought that this was the year for Kentucky, that if they were going to beat Florida with as awful as Florida was, this was going to be the year for UK to do something about that. And Lewis, they, um, they, they failed to get that done. Yeah, that's that's one way to put it. Um, yeah, I, I think going into this, it was it set up in every way for Kentucky to come out on top to finally break the curse um, that has just haunted them. And I, I had a couple of buddies that are Louisville fans, Louisville students that they went down there. They have siblings or friends that go to UK, and and they went down for the tailgate. Um, I don't think they went to the game. I don't think they had tickets, but they went to the tailgate, and they put up some Snapchats and stuff, and I mean, it looked like an insane environment. And they said that, you know, it was, not only did they, but a lot of other people on Twitter were saying that it was like the best atmosphere and environment that Kentucky fans have had at a football game in since a lot of them even can remember. Oh, it looked like it. Um, 
yeah, it, it looks the the atmosphere. I watched the entire game. The atmosphere was was insane on on TV. The stadium was rocking the whole time. They had their 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 cool black uniforms with the with the silver chrome helmets that are pretty pretty sharp. Um, like they had everything going for them, and they're just to be blunt, they're just better than Florida, and, and at least at this point with the amount of players that Florida has. Um, suspended right now um so literally they had every single reason to win this game and their one thing holding them back was that they have mark stoops as a coach and he for some reason cannot cannot see there is literally a wide receiver (laughs) with waving his hands around jumping up and down letting them know he's open I am, there is not someone within 15 yards of me throw the ball to me. And two times, um, one time it cost him like a 30, 40 yard touchdown. And one time it cost him the, you know, Florida getting the game winning touchdown, Mm. um, you know, with like 39 seconds left. And then, you know, the UK of all UK things, they, they can't win a game on anything but a field goal. Um, and they're not good enough to ever win a game by seven points. Um, but, they, so they always have to do little chip shot field goals. So you thought, you know, here it is. You know, Austin McGinnis gets to further cement his, his, uh, you know, his little black book of taking down ranked teams with the last second field goal. And they rush it up the middle to set up a to center the ball. And then what do you know? They get a holding call, sends it back ten yards, and he has to try and bomb a sixty yarder, which he almost made. He missed it by about probably six yards maybe less um and and they lost for the 30 for 31 years in a row so you suck yes you can't spell that without uk you can't you just can't do it so does it it kind of feels like this is the streak that will just live on like I tweeted it out after the game. I said it's the greatest streak in all of sports. It just is. Like there's nothing better. And a lot of the, the people at my at my office, or I guess it's an office at my company that I work at, are UK fans. So I walked in on Monday morning, and I'm just doing the Gator Chomp thing as I'm walking <laughs> through the hole uh, between all the cubicles. Um, so uh, was, I got to I got to yuck it up for about a day and a half. Um, now I'm I'm back to. Uh, what, what are they even going to They yell at us 41-38. They yell at us hookers, uh, Katina Powell. So what's, what is it? What are we going to call this one? Like FBI, FBI investigation. Uh, 100K. <laughs> like what, what do they get to yell at us now? Bowen. Yeah, Brian like, Bowen. I don't know, dude. It's a, it's a mess. It is it's a crazy mess. world we live in. It's, it is. It, it, it absolutely is. Thank god for college football right nothing bad's gonna happen with college football right tell me yeah tell, tell me nothing bad's gonna happen with college football no way there's no way no they'll never think to investigate college football because these kind of recruiting things don't happen with us oh man what a day <sighs> yep Oh, well. Uh, lots of fun to be had this week. Um, some good games, fun games, interesting games. College Game Day will be in Blacksburg for Virginia Tech and Clemson. Uh, Lewis, any fear um, if you're Clemson? 
headed to Blacksburg to take on this team, especially given what you did the last time game day came somewhere and you were the road team? Uh, I mean, it just feels like no. to me that Clemson's a machine and they just roll yeah, over people just, now. Yeah, I think they're just right on par with Alabama. Um, and, you know, come at me, SEC fanboys. They're, you know, they're they're, uh, they're an absolute machine. They're It's like they don't even, they're not even phased. So, yeah, I don't think they'll have any problems. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really worry about it. I think Virginia Tech will put up a good fight. Um, of course, I also thought Louisville would put up a good fight. So, I don't, I don't know. Maybe Virginia Tech puts up a good fight, but I, I just, I think that Clemson wins this game. I'm not really concerned about it. Um, I think if Clemson is going to drop a game this year, this is probably their best opportunity to do so, because uh, I think Virginia Tech's a very talented team. But I'm just, I don't know. I just, you, just what you said. I think they're getting to that point where they're on par, almost with Alabama. Or we could say they're on par with Alabama because they beat them for a national championship last year. So I, I think that they're rolling. They're just a machine. They just reload. They put five-star guys in place of five-star guys that have left, and they just take care of business. Um, so, yeah, that's kind, of, that's kind of what I expect. I expect Clemson to win this weekend. Um, I will post on our Twitter, uh, at the Breakdown UL, our picks for this week. Uh, again, last week we missed because, like I said, Lewis was working and I had the stomach bug and it was absolutely awful. Uh, so we did kind of drop the ball there. But I will post our picks for this week uh, on our Twitter page and uh, so that way you guys can can see uh, what's going on and how we're doing uh, and, and what we think will happen this week in college football. Uh, we've actually done pretty well. Um uh, I think two weeks ago I, I had a pretty good week and and I'm gonna I'm coming for you man I mean you've been you, yeah. you kicked my you'll butt the there, first dude. couple weeks so you'll get there you'll learn a thing or two if you spend enough time around me <laughs> I'm trying to pick some stuff up from you uh, yeah. and see if I can just just get better each week that's what I'm trying to do yeah just that's, uh, that's all you can do. keep grinding keep practicing and, and get better each week um, <laughs> guys that's all the time we have on the show for tonight. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate it so much. Uh, we'll be back with you next Thursday night. NC State Louisville pregame show happening here on The Breakdown. It's going to be a fun one. For Lewis, I'm Taylor. This has been another episode of The Breakdown. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in, and we will talk to you all next week. Go Cards. Beat Murray State. Hey, old town. And I throw this truck in gear.